In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. We're glad to have you back on board with us. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. In a little bit of a lull as we wait for training camp to start, but we have plenty to talk about when it comes to your Cleveland Browns, and we always appreciate that you are on board with us, and we love having you. And if you like what you're listening to, uh, why don't you just hit that subscribe button and uh, it's all good for you and me. Hi, Daryl. How are you? What's going on? What's how's life treating you? Uh, life is good. Vacation was good. Uh, back at it uh, with you here, but uh, always good to talk some Browns football. It is uh, quiet, but you know, some guys keeping themselves busy during their summer break, right? Yeah. You know, it's kind of fun right now, too. The other thing, too, is that we're kind of getting towards football season, not only, you know, with the Browns and, you know, that's what we, our primary talk here. But I mean, there's also, you know, college football starting to heat up a little bit. We're hearing about expansion with the Big Ten and, you know, high school football is pretty much underway right now, too, with kids doing workouts and seven on seven. So, you know, it's funny. We think the season sleeps, but it really doesn't. And there's a lot of kids out there I know that are working hard, uh, getting ready for upcoming high school football seasons. It, it is impressive to see some of the things the Browns have done around town too, as far as helping out some schools and, and building. And like I was in Elyria, what was it last year? And you see, you know, the Browns footprint around Northeast Ohio when it comes to helping out some of these schools and, um, and, and rebuilding stadiums and making sure they have turf and making sure. So, I mean, there are some pretty cool things that maybe sometimes we don't notice um, that should be noticed. Yeah, they're uh, a stay in the game program that's uh, focused on making sure kids attend school on a regular basis and, and limit those uh, unexcused absences. Uh, you mentioned the turf program that they have, the field turf, the multi-use athletic fields. Uh, they have done over 30 of those uh, since the Haslam's uh, bought the team back in uh, 2012. By the way, happy anniversary to them. Ten years wow. ago, they <laughs> Jimmy Haslam rode in on the white horse to buy the Browns from the Lerner family just weeks after we had the uh, infamous Mike Holmgren, one of many infamous Mike Holmgren press conferences where <laughs> the Cleveland Browns are not for sale in three weeks later, sold. Um, and then, of course, look, we are less than two weeks away, believe it or not, less than two weeks away from players reporting for training camp so it's almost here we are so so close to camp well i'm looking forward to it i know you are too um i want to talk about some of the stuff that's been flying around with the browns right now and it's not you know obviously we know we're all waiting for the deshaun watson um decision but baker mayfield traded to carolina for i think they got three baseballs and one and i'm not sure i think they got a chin strap too uh, no, actually, I think they got the air from the Tom Brady deflate gate footballs. I think no way, man. Not. No way. You kidding? I can't believe they got that. But one of the, you know, the, the personality get a tackling dummy for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> they got the stuffing out of a tackling. And dummy you will see it, when, when training camp opens, you'll see in a couple of weeks when you're out there, you will see plenty of football dummies all over the practice field. They have a new <laughs> offensive line or defensive line, I should say. Made out of, uh, I'm guessing it's plastic or foam <laughs> or something <laughs> that they well, you, have. The, the real tackling, the new, those new pads that they're using. Well, no, it's they, they, they basically they fill the gaps where oh. you know where the defensive linemen would be aligned and whatnot, so the offensive okay. line can get their fits and and you know protect their gaps and stuff like that. But it's a whole <laughs> row of dudes. That look like um, a they look like a football player from the 40s or 50s. You know, they got the real tight military style haircut on them. 
the real mean looking face. They're, you know, built like a tank and they're sitting on, I'm guessing, uh, some sort of plastic base that's like filled with sand or something like that. I posted pictures of this. Stuff yeah, no, I did see it. I remember seeing it. And, and no one got the joke. I, I, I think the caption I used something like, uh, what a bunch of football dummies. And like, nobody got the joke. I, I, it, I, I granted it was dad humored at its best and I'm not a dad, but it's like, you know, come on, people, lighten up. It's just good practice. It's good practice for you. Baker Mayfield's personality has kind of jumped out. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think there are many different sides of Jake, of uh, Baker Mayfield. And, you know, I like I was, I was just, you know, doing my daily reading and just trying to see, you know, keep up. And, you know, the whole, like the New York Post was one. And it's not like the New York Post is exactly like, I'm going to go there before I go anywhere else. But it was just one example of, uh, a headline that grabs you when you see Baker Mayfield wildly viewed as childish and immature, right? And this is just from like two days ago, and it goes back to Chris Mortensen, you know, saying that the team wanted an adult in the room when it when it comes to that. And then there was another story that came out this week as well, and it's just like, wh- who was the real Baker Mayfield while he was here? What do you think? Well, I, I think that there was two personalities. You had the public charismatic Baker Mayfield. And then you had the guy behind the scenes who at times was prickly and uh, difficult. Um, Anyone that watched those or listened to those long form media sessions that he had with us, you could, you could tell who he was beefing with just by the way he fielded questions from certain people. Um. And there, there were a couple of times when once the cameras and the microphones were off that Baker didn't exactly end his uh, remarks, if you will, uh, towards certain media members. So um, you, you just you had those two contrasting uh, personas from him. And, you know, me personally, I never had an axe to grind against Baker uh, as with any player. You know, my approach to my job is I'm not here to make you look good. I'm not here to make you look bad. I'm here just to kind of give people my honest view and assessment of, uh, you know, how you're playing and conducting yourself and whether it's leadership or or whatnot. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I just I, I think that there was the, you know, the guy that you saw on the TV commercials who's, you know, very friendly, very charismatic, very funny, witty, things like that. But then you had the, the prickly guy behind the scenes that if he had a problem with you, you knew he had a problem with you. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think that that was part of what, what is being reflected now that he's gone is it's no surprise that there have been negative stories to come out about him. And and I just, I'm not a fan of kicking a guy out the door type thing. Right. But I mean, <clears throat> usually when players leave, that's when the, the bad stuff about them uh, tends to come out. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, Baker was not always that charismatic, funny, witty, lighthearted, playful guy that you saw all the time on television. I mean, there, there are, we've been in enough clubhouses and locker rooms to know that there are days that sometimes we have a bad day. Sometimes they have a bad day. 
and you you may run into them and you may be like uh and they just they don't want to talk and i I think that's what the difference is is being like you get it right daryl you're there every day he only has to talk twice a week after the game and then uh on wednesday but let's just i mean it it just in in our world especially your world right now that if if you build a relationship with a guy and the guy's like I mean, you might know he's having a bad day before you even talk to him, and you might say, hey, are you good to talk right now? And they might say no because yeah, you have that not, relationship. Baker was not a guy that you could build a relationship with. I'm just okay. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. Right. No, no, no. He, but I'm just – I'm kind of – in the locker room when he was, uh, he did not want anyone around his locker. Um, Including teammates or just media? The media. Yeah, he, okay. he did not. He did not want to talk to reporters a whole lot, and he he did a couple of times where he did some sidebar stuff for a couple national outlets and and whatnot. But I'm just saying in general, with the local media, like he wanted his media obligations to be strictly post game and on Wednesday, and that's really all he wanted to deal with the local media. Which, to be honest with you, sounds like a college quarterback. That's what college quarterbacks do. It's exactly the same thing, post game maybe once during the week. So, and I, I'm not, uh, I mean, I, my relationship with Baker was, was super limited just to him being on our show. And then I did have the opportunity to do um, during the pandemic, um, the, the drink company that he, he works for without getting into names. Um, Unless asked, they want to sponsor the podcast, then we'll, yeah, if they want to sponsor it. And by the way, we, my kids drink it like it's going out of style. Um, that, he was doing like a town hall for a group of bottling distributors. Right. And our station said, Hey Andy, would you like to do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? It was a, and I got to tell you, Baker was awesome. I mean, and Baker and, and Baker approved you to do it too. Well, yeah, that's what I was told. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, did you that's hear that before though? That's or? an important element here too. Like he was, he, he wanted you to do it. We've never had this conversation. Did you actually hear that, that he, that I was approved to do it? I know that they asked me to do it, and they said they threw some names at me. They said, yeah, we'll have him do it. Is that yeah. where you're kind of going, or is yeah. that? Yeah, okay. Baker, Baker, um, Baker was selective of who he wanted to speak with gotcha. in any setting whatsoever. Okay. That's why I said, you know, he ha- he probably had to approve you because – that's just how he operates his his you know marketing. And uh, to be honest with you, I've reached out to his people to see if he would come on our podcast now, to see if he would spend some time with us. They didn't say no; they just said right now is probably not a good time to do this, especially after he had done uh, the podcast where he was sitting with a dog that was upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just there are some things or the some... podcast where they had that was the same one where they had to tell him to cover himself at the very beginning, correct? <laughs> Correct. Okay. Just so, but it's just like you know, my really in the times that I spent with him, I thought he was great. He was awesome. Excellent interview. Um, you know, again, I understood it was it was more of a commercial. It was more of a commercial action at that point than it was more news. Like the news out of it wasn't good, but like we talked about some things that I hadn't heard him talked about. Uh, like you know, even when he won the Heisman, there are things that happened to guys. When they win the Heisman, you go on that banquet circuit, and man, it's like right. tough to lose weight. But we talked about some of those things. But I was not with him on a, on a daily basis. I did like what he the energy he brought to the team. Excuse me, <clears throat> I like the energy he brought to the team, and I love the fact that he's the quarterback of record in the only win we've had since they've come back in '99. But I also understand that there are times when you could bump into him, and you just pick the wrong day. Yeah, or or maybe that was his 
personality just away. I I know what I know about him and what I know about him. I liked him and I got along with him, but I know others didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I never had any issues really with him. Um, I, I, I'd like to think that I got along with him professionally. Uh, certainly there were others locally that he did not, um, get along with. Um, there was a, uh, uh, a sponsorship event and how these typically work, whether it's a sponsorship event or it is a like camp, uh, you know, these guys do these, you know, summer camps and whatnot. Usually the deal is, uh, because for a lot of these, we take our own personal time to cover these events because they're outside of normal football activities. They're away sure. from the team. It's their own stuff. So, And you can be waiting a long time on those. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And so, and that's why the usual uh, uh, protocol for these type of things is, yeah, we'll come cover your, your event, but we also at the same time get to talk a little ball with you a, as part of that. So um, this was a couple years ago. And uh, without naming uh, names or companies or anything like that, we uh, we covered an event that he was doing, uh, promoting. And uh, the five or so minutes that we got with him was strictly, we were asked to keep it strictly on what he was promoting. Okay, fine, no problem. But then it's like, okay, at some point we should be able to talk a little football with the guy too. Because again, that's the... Right. <laughs> Well, they're on our day off. Look, anybody that listens to an interview in our show, if they're if it's sponsor read, like Jeff and I just try to get to the sponsor part of it too. Hey, you're doing work for a boys and girls club. Okay, right. tell us about that. And then we go to football or we go to baseball or basketball, right. whatever. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's how this stuff works. So we're wait. Uh, there's about four or five of us that are just waiting and waiting and waiting. And 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 so after the event, someone comes up. Hey, you know, thanks for coming out. Really appreciate it. Did you guys get everything you need? And we're like, well, not really, because part of the deal with doing this stuff is, yeah, we do, you know, do the the, the promotional aspect, but we usually get a couple minutes to talk some some football too. Oh, okay, hang on a second. Let me let me let me see if I can uh, run Baker down. Couple minutes go by. Yeah, Baker's done with media today. Thanks you all for coming out. Whatever. Well, again, this is our day off, so none of us are leaving. <laughs> right. You want to do the sidebar? That's right. what it is, right? So we wait for him in the parking lot, and uh, and which I get. I mean, if you come out and you after your long day doing what you're doing, and you see a couple of the beat guys waiting for you in a parking lot, you're probably not going to be in a good mood seeing us. <laughs> Especially and, if there are investigators too. But correct, and he was not in a good mood to see any of us. So um, uh, basically, we uh, 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 approached him, and he, uh, in a very, uh, in his own way, told us that he's not talking anymore. And he Kurt is a word that might be he, user. Was he Kurt? Uh, I think Kurt would be a fair way to describe it. Okay. And he got out of that parking lot in record time. So. Um, and that was my, I, I guess my first exposure to the abrasive Baker. Um, and, and again, I, I get it, but at the same time, you got to play the game sometimes. And Baker is not someone who likes to play the game per se. He likes to do things his way. Um, you know, where you stand with him. He lets you know where you stand with him. Um, and uh, that is something that I think as he goes through his career, Andy, he's going to have to learn to kind of soften up. And I get it. He's such a polarizing figure. 
everything he does and says gets you know, micro analyzed for better or worse. Oftentimes it is ne- with a negative twist and tone to it. And let's be honest about it. Uh, media can be very negative uh, at, at times. So having been around enough guys throughout my career, I get it. I understand it. But also at the same time, you do play the game and you got to, you just, there's just a way to go about it. And I think that that's something that he struggled with learning at times here in Cleveland. So, um, you know, as I said earlier, I, I have nothing personal against him. I think he's going to have a very long, productive career. Um, I think he's a legitimate starter in the league. The Browns made a football business decision here. And unfortunately, and it's not just football, you know this, Andy. I mean, business in general can get right. very ugly at times. And, and, it, and it doesn't, it's not intended to be ugly at times. And I, I just, I think that Baker and uh, this whole offseason, some of the ugliness was the unintended consequence of the Browns moving on, making a decision to move on. And uh, as I have uh, said earlier, uh, over the weeks and months that this divorce was taking place, divorces are ugly. That's just the way it is. And all the dirty laundry comes out. And, and that's kind of what we've seen with Baker. So I, I, you know, it's why I'm not surprised to see some of the negative stories about him come out. Sure. Um, and that's just kind of part of the business, right? The guy's out, out of the building, so people start talking and that. But uh, I, I will say that I, I think Baker needs to, as he goes through his career, he's just going to have to learn to play the game a little bit more than he was willing to do here in Cleveland. Yeah, I understand. I also think, though, that his career, once he's done throwing footballs, that he'll be behind a microphone. That's just it. But 100%. I want to ask you this. You, How you many think so guys too? have yeah. gone through their careers, right, that yeah. just absolutely loathed the media? And then when their playing days are over, they're in the media now, right? Yeah, I think – I'll be honest. I think he'll be great in the booth once he starts. Oh, I, I, think he's done. I think he'll be fantastic. I think he'll be great in the booth. I think he'll be great in the studio. I, anything he does post-career – he a hundred percent has a future, not just in broadcasting, Andy. I think he's got a future in just entertainment in general. I think Probably. he could do movies if he wanted to. He's got the, the the commercials, the national, every commercial that he did. And it's interesting because I would hear this over the, the course of his time with the Browns from people around the league. They'd be like, why is Baker Mayfield getting all these national commercials and stuff? What has this guy actually accomplished in his career? And then I would throw some perspective in there. I said, first of all, he's a very charismatic, energetic, likable personality on camera, and he can push product. Uh, one of the one of the companies he he uh, was the spokesperson for was a local Cleveland company that had a national uh, base uh, and, and 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 you know customer portfolio, if you will. Sure. And since he was the the Cleveland kid per se uh, with the Browns, he you know made perfect sense to have him be the face of of their ad campaigns and things like that and and then people are like oh yeah okay yeah that that makes sense but like every commercial baker has done has been phenomenal and, and that's why i really feel like aside from like the football aspect that you're talking about whether it's being in a booth 
analyzing games or if he wants to be a studio analyst where I honestly think too, he could kind of do what we've seen like Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw. Absolutely. And, studio and, for sure. You know, Ter- OJ Simpson pre early nineties, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I grew right. up watching OJ Simpson on NBC and watching him in naked gun and you know, all these movies and stuff like that. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick timeout. Um, I want to talk about plan B. If Deshaun Watson's out for a year, what's plan B? And and along those lines with Baker Mayfield, Daryl, I want you to answer this question. If Baker would have bit his tongue after the Browns went to go see Deshaun, would he have been plan B? It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you want to join in the fun, you know how to do it. At game day CLE on Twitter and Instagram. We want you to be a part of the show. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. The question I asked you before we went to break as we talk about plan B for the Browns, if Deshaun Watson can't play for an entire season, at the time that the Browns went to go interview Deshaun Watson the first time, and he ended up saying no, Baker Mayfield could have just said nothing. Would he have been plan B at that point? Yeah, because if Deshaun didn't come here, they would have stuck with him. What like, about? I, was, I mean, that, that was the plan. The the original right. plan was, uh, as Andrew Barry has tried to explain, was he conveyed to Baker's people, unless there is an elite quarterback out there, you're our guy. Well, there was an elite quarterback that was out there that they pursued, that Baker was not happy that they went and pursued. And, and, and again, this is just kind of part of Baker's personality where, he is. He needs you to be all in on him, just as he is all in on you. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. And and, and the moment he senses that you're not, you don't have his back. He's not going to have your back. And again, I get it. I understand it. Makes total sense. But, but sometimes. You can't allow your emotions to get the best of you. And this is coming from the pot calling the kettle black. Right. It's just one of those life lessons that you have to learn. And Baker quickly putting that statement out, put the Browns in a very awkward position, right? Um, because No, we're not trading you. Remember that? That was the right. line that came up with. Like, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. The Browns right. are like, we're not trading you. Sorry, we're not going to honor your wishes. And then, uh, you know, Deshaun changed his mind. And then Brown's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll trade you. See ya. But um, yeah, that was the plan was for them just to, if Deshaun had said thanks, but no thanks and stood and stood by it. Um, then yeah, he, he was Baker would have been the starting quarterback, but once they uh, got Deshaun to agree to waive the no trade, that, was it for Baker Mayfield? He was not going to be here as the backup quarterback. All right, so let me move forward with this then. So let's say Watson gets suspended for a year. I 100% believe Jacoby Brissett's your starting quarterback week one. Like, I don't see the Browns making another move. I think that they're fully intent on going in with Brissett right now, unless something crazy happens, but they're going to go in with Brissett as a starting quarterback and Josh Dobbs is going to be your backup. Do you agree with that or disagree? 100%. Jacoby Brissett okay. will be your week one starter. Josh Dobbs will be your number two. And away we go. So, the, you know, as I was, again, just reading and looking at other stuff, and I've talked about it before, you know, there's about a $5 million difference between if they would have traded um, Baker to San Francisco 
and we would end up with Jimmy Garoppolo here. Now, uh, you know, people keep going, Jimmy, I like to text San today. didn't want Baker. Yeah, and so, but I, like, I'm still getting texts today from friends who are like, hey, are the Garoppolo rumors true? I'm like, what rumors? And I was like, where'd you get this from? They're like, Facebook. And I'm like, come on. It's interesting how speculation turns into rumors. Yeah, it's nuts. It's just nuts. Now, would I like Jimmy Garoppolo here as a plan B? Absolutely. I would love it. And I think we've talked about this. And I Like, what does San Francisco want that we have to make that happen? It's Help not me. happening. It it's just it's 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 why I don't like talking about it a lot because it's just it's not happening. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. I mean, I, that, I don't. If you're if you're sitting in San Francisco and you're sitting on Jimmy Garoppolo, why I would you trade Jimmy Garoppolo? It, no. I think they take it too. They, they take, take a second it. round pick. Yeah, I think so. You're gonna give it up if you're the Browns for one year. It's well, a one year should. trial. I mean, if if the scenario is that Deshaun Watson is not available to you for the entire year. Yeah, I would do it, but I just, first of all, I think that Deshaun is going to be available this year at some point, number one. And number two, I just, I just, I don't see a Jimmy G trade happening for the Cleveland. Is there another quarterback the Browns could bring in, in a one year lull? No, I, I think that this was part of their plan because remember going into the Deshaun situation, they had made some behind the scenes provisions that uh, if he is suspended, what they're going to do. And that's why they brought Jacoby Brissett in to be their backup quarterback. This is a guy that has started like 37 games of the 60 or so that he's played in the NFL. He knows what it's like to have to start in a pinch. He knows how to uh, kind of keep things afloat, if you will, which is all they would really ask of him uh, early in the season, depending on how long this uh, suspension, assuming that Watson is indeed suspended, would be. So, no, I, the Browns, when they restructured their quarterback room this offseason, Andy, it, it, their plan B was very, very clear that it was going to be Jacoby Brissett. They did not bring in – they didn't bring in Jacoby Brissett just to kind of – carry a clipboard you know what i'm saying yeah but if, if, so, if sean wasn't available their their intention was from day one to play jacoby Brissett in his stead okay so l- let me lead you into the next question on that because i believe that you've got 20 what uh, 11 11 is 22 you got 21 other players out there on this team that believe that this is a playoff team that believe that they can do some damage, but you're missing the biggest piece in the quarterback if you bring Jacoby Brissett in. Now, I got to believe that if this is the scenario with Brissett as a starting quarterback and everybody else is on board for as a playoff team, doesn't Kevin Stefanski, I mean, this is going to put huge pressure on Kevin to deliver with Jacoby Brissett. I think that if he's out for a season, if Watson's out for a season, this could have major implications on on Stefanski. It, maybe it shouldn't, but I think Stefanski's got to devise an offense that can win with Brissett. Well, Stefanski's shown us that he has the ability to pivot and, and deal with problems and be successful dealing with those problems. So I, I'm not worried about that. Um, I got but- national guys on our show, Daryl, like, like, they're like, if Watson can't play more than 10 games, forget about it. You're not going anywhere next year. You might as well just pack it in. 
look, if if he is out for the season, I think the Browns win nine games tops and they don't make the playoffs. I, I think that they're pretty much the same team that they were last year um, because they don't have the upgrade where they need the upgrade, and that's quarterback. And that's nothing – look, if Jacoby Brissett was an upgrade over Baker Mayfield, then they just would have signed Jacoby Brissett and been done with it. They wouldn't have gone through all this other stuff. Uh, by bringing in Deshaun Watson. So let, let's just kind of call that what it is, Andy. Right. So, but, you, know, it, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, but, I, I think they're a nine-win nine team without Deshaun. With Deshaun, I think they could win anywhere from, you know, 12 to, you know, 14 games just based on talent alone. Now, we have no idea how injuries play out and everything else, but, yeah, I, I mean – Jacoby Brissett, with all due respect to him, and I'm not ripping him or trashing him or anything like it's just it's 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 a fact, right? You know, he's I think that he will do a professional job keeping things afloat. Kevin Stefanski will have to tweak the offense again. Uh, we'll have to kind of scale back maybe some of the stuff that he was going to do with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, uh, to to maybe play a little more to Jacoby's strengths. Um, cause again, if, if Jacoby was Deshaun, then they would have never brought in Deshaun. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm stuck on one thing that you said before nine win season, right? With percent, they can get a nine. They can, can they get by the nine way, wins? That's above 500? Just point. And by the way, nine wins made the playoffs last year, yeah. nine, seven and one with the Steelers. So I, so what I think what's interesting is if we think it's a nine win season, it's going to be down to the wire if they can, you know, and, and, and I don't know that Browns fans are, are, are believing that. And I, I, I'm having trouble believing it too, but I, I just want a team that I think can have a shot to make the playoffs. And if Brissett, and I don't know if it's perception or what it's going to take, or if it's just going to, I think that they'll have a legitimate shot. That's okay. not, to me, it's not the issue. It's not whether they have a shot. You, you take the field, you have a chance, right? Right. They have a legitimate shot. It's just, is it can Jacoby Brissett play at the level that you need need at that position to get you into the playoffs? I think that that's the question. Good you know question. what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's got and, and the the good thing for Jacoby is I think that this is probably the best supporting cast he's had in his career. Well, that's true too. So let's he, see what happens. I mean, yeah. I look. I I mean, I'm telling you, I walked out of the studio last week totally depressed after <laughs> talking to some. After talking to some of the beat writers we had, I was like, "I'm still convinced that Deshaun Watson will see will see the field at some point in 2022." I, I would be shocked if he doesn't get suspended. I would be shocked if he is suspended for the entire year. Let's talk more about that in a second, and I want to bring up Brown's love and basketball. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland, in case you were wondering. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We're glad to have you on board. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe. We'll come back. We'll talk about this basketball tie uh, with your football team next. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, give us some stars and tell your friends about the podcast because we love it. We're having a blast doing it, and it's been fun just to be able to kind of let the air out of the balloon compared to like being on a regular radio show or Daryl doing his updates or filling in uh, with our staff and, and just kind of jumping in. Just It's more than just being a beat writer. It's giving us the opportunity to talk about what we all love, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Um, I, I want to touch on something you said in the last segment. Why do you think Deshaun Watson's going to get less than a year? 
because I think that there's legitimate questions that are unanswered surrounding some of the allegations that have been levied against him. And um, I, I think that you're seeing some of that trickle out. Um, the court of public opinion rushed to convict him uh, in some instances uh, just because of the volume of uh, allegations that were made. But no, I, I think that and just because you ask questions about the allegations made against him, that doesn't mean that you're anti-women or that you support the abuse of women or anything like that. It's just we we have precedents and processes from a legal standpoint in this country. And we are supposed to operate under a innocent until proven guilty uh, mantra, right? And in in, in criminal and civil right. cases. Yeah. And, but this, this is so like the third I prong. Just, I think that I think that there with with some of the allegations that have been levied, I think that there are legitimate questions that are unanswered, especially from my, you know, from my perspective, I have a lot of questions about uh, some of these things that uh, were alleged against him. So I, I do think he gets suspended, but yeah, I, I think that there's a real good chance that he does get to see the field in 2022. That's just my gut. That's just, this is yeah, how I, I just, I, I, I just feel about the situation. I mean, we talk about due process. We talk about all these things, but I, again, this is, I think it's on a third prong. It's not criminal. It's right. not the civil trial. This is the and league. I also think, I really think the, the league makes their it. own rules, Andy. That's you, right. You know what I mean? Like, this and is, if you want to play in the league, you got to play by their rules, right. just and like any other office in the country. Questions, we've yeah. talked about this on previous podcasts. When he sat down with the NFL and they were asking him questions, he had no protection of, I take the fifth, you know, I plead the fifth. I don't want to incriminate none of that because nothing he was, nothing he would say could be used against him in a court of law because this wasn't a court of law. It was right. this investigation, which, and that's the other interesting part of this, right? This investigation was supposed to be confidential and it's been anything but confidential. True. Um, but uh, his responses were, were expected to be kept confidential to the league. And for the, I think I haven't seen anything come out as far as what he told the league specifically about them. So, yeah, I mean, he had every, uh, he had every motive to be 100% forthcoming with the league. So look, when I, I just, my gut tells me we'll get to see Deshaun Watson on a football field in 2022. If there's more allegations that surface, uh, if stuff comes out in, uh, in any court proceedings that may uh, take place in the future, could he see more discipline after that? Yeah, sure. I think that that's a possibility. And um, I think that's kind of part of why the NFL made it very public that they were seeking that indefinite suspension with a minimum of a year, that they they wanted to show the public that they took the allegation seriously, that they were willing to drop the hammer on uh, Deshaun Watson, that they have asked uh, Sue Robinson to do so. I uh, and uh, But yeah, my, my gut tells me that, you know, We'll see him at some point. All right, let's uh, let's end this with a little bit of fun today too, because Miles Garrett. <laughs> just looking at the pictures, they didn't play basketball for the Cavs. Oh no, you need to watch the video. A, I mean, just uh, that was the, I still haven't seen. The There's video. video. By the time you hear this, I will have already seen the video. But I'm just. Oh, I saw the video. <laughs> 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 oh, the video does not disappoint. <laughs> no, um, it doesn't. 
I, 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 uh, playing shirts and skins. Um, January 5th. Well, I mean, preferably mid February. Um, uh, if you need a little help for the stretch run, maybe Miles Garrett on a 10-day contract for the rest of the season would not be the worst pickup in the world. Let me say this. He's got six, he's whether he whether he slam sunk or not, I would take him for a six falls. Are you kidding? <laughs> Plan him on the baseline and let someone run into him. Are you kidding? Man, look at those guns. Holy moly. And it's just it, but there is this like kinship between uh, Kevin Stefanski in basketball, too. Well, not so much Kevin Stefanski in basketball. It's his team in basketball. Well, I'm like, just saying, Kevin, like, Kevin allowing yeah. it. Like, I, every time, I got to be honest with you, every time I see Miles dunk basketball, the only person I think about is Aaron Boone and all the money that he blew with the Yankees when, you know, right. the Indians ended up getting him. The then Indians, I should say, ended up getting Aaron after that was all said and done. But, and I mean, Aaron blew out, his basket, uh, blew out his basketball, blew out his ACL, I think it was, playing basketball. And the Yankees were like, hey, we got a clause in your contract. You're gone. Wow, man. And he was honest. That's the crazy part. I get worried when I see these guys in the middle of their career playing something else where they could get hurt. Well, you know, Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders played two sports. Now, granted, the second sport that they played was baseball. But right. just saying. I'm good again, with golf. I don't have Kobe, a problem with golf. Testing one, two, three, four. Kobe, if you're listening, Kobe Altman, this is for you. Uh, Miles Garrett, big dude. Gun show in the in the uh, basketball jersey there, yeah. Um, need a need an enforcer for the stretch run that can dunk for you. I don't know. I think ninety five might be open to it, but yeah, it is interesting. Um, uh, because in in his early days coaching the Browns, Kevin Stefanski, to your point, Andy, was not wild about his guys, especially Miles Garrett playing basketball. Right? We had yeah, that whole yeah. joking. Uh, yeah, Miles is retired. From yeah, I remember that. Yeah, remember yeah. that? Yes, he clearly is not. He he doesn't look retired to me. Um, and if you saw him in the celebrity game dunking on fools, remember that the celebrity oh, crazy. All-Star game. Yeah at the Wolstein center when he was dunking on fools. Um, yeah. And he has, uh, I think had an epiphany. <laughs> he, he has discovered one of the worst kept secrets in the NFL. And that is that football players love playing pickup basketball. <laughs> and Until anyone that's ever been to the Berea rec center or any other rec center or gym in the Cleveland area, <laughs> no names right talk full of cleveland browns playing some hoops so at least he's in a controlled environment doing this but yeah so uh kevin stefanski I, I, when he uh, came to cleveland uh the browns own a couple of the condos next to the facility there because right. They just change their personnel so so often that uh, you know they need to, <laughs> need to, they need a hotel for a few months. It's, it's kind of crazy. Pay. The lease the lease I think of those things is only thirty days. So right. Uh, so uh, Kevin comes from Minnesota, brings his hoop with him, and uh, you know sets it up the condo, whatever. And so he brought it over this year. Um, because you know, now that he's been here a couple years, so his family has found a, a home to live in, and that, and so uh, he brought his hoop that uh, he and his son uh, would play on. He brought it to Berea, and the players just ate it up. 
And eventually the hoop went from hanging out on the, the back patio outside the, the entrance to the locker room uh, by the practice fields to basically the damn things in the middle of the practice fields. <laughs> and guys play games of horse and knockout. They don't play. I haven't seen any five on five or three on three. anything. it's just guys, you know, shooting shooting style basketball games, just like we did as kids growing up. And hopefully sure. kids still do that kind of stuff today. Clearly they do because 21. Uh, the, the NFL guys are, are doing it. But yeah, I mean, Kevin Stefanski had the epiphany that every NFL coach probably should. Your dudes like playing basketball. They're going to play basketball. So you might as well just, you know, let them play. And it's been a, a, a pretty in, uh, integral part of the, the team bonding thing that they've tried to do this offseason, right? Because we, right. We, we've talked so much about just behind the scenes last year, the, the team wasn't as connected, I think, as uh, you see some of the more successful teams be. And there were a lot of reasons for that. But, the, you know, the fact that uh, they found something, right, just setting up a basketball hoop in the middle of the practice field and having guys, uh, you know, mess around before or after practice and having a little fun as teammates, uh, a little bonding there. He took them to the Cavaliers facility out in uh, Independence, uh, for one of the, uh, I believe it was one of the OTA days. They did that. You got Miles, who's out in Las Vegas. The Cavaliers are holding their summer league. And so he's out there Sunday night dunking and going through warmups with uh, the, the young Cavaliers that are out there and uh, all kinds of videos all over social media of him dunking and, and having a good time. So, yeah, I, I, I get the trepidation. I get why people get worried about that kind of stuff. But yeah, football uh, football players love shooting and playing hoops. It's just a, and then did you see the Miles video of him and JOK playing? By the way, I did not know Miles was in socks. Claims he won. I think JOK disagrees, but Miles says he won. But yeah, I mean, uh, it yeah, uh, Kevin Stefanski identified that. Yep. Yeah, okay, my guys like playing basketball. I'm not going to be able to stop them doing it. I'll create an environment that's safe for them to do it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's become a little fun little thing that they've been able to do during the off-season program to kind of bond and have uh, that, comp you know, that competition, right? And right, no, guys... it's good. I think it's good. It's good. And if uh, if Kevin's learning that his team is becoming bonded, I mean, that's even better because you're right. These teams that win championships – are, are truly friends on and off. Hey, it's always game day in Cleveland. We appreciate you having on. Daryl, final thought. Uh, training camp's going to be here before you need it, or you, you can believe it. Uh, so Miles Garrett's going to have to trade in that basketball and the sneakers for some cleats and uh, pads and a helmet here in less than two weeks. Hard to believe, right? Summer goes by so fast. I was... I was, it feels like yesterday that I was celebrating the end of the off season program <laughs> and summer vacation. And here we are less than two weeks away from players reporting. So. And talk never stops when it comes to the Browns and we get you covered here on it's always game day in Cleveland. Listen, we're planning on being back on Thursday. That should be our regular normal uh, drop day for the podcast. But you know, as well as I do that um, if something happens with Deshaun Watson and we get some kind of a resolution on what his future is going to be, especially for the season, uh, we will drop a podcast immediately. So start looking for the podcast, you know, within probably an hour or two. I might uh, be poolside when that happens, but sorry. we'll get it done. You can have pina colada and verdict time. I'm going to pull my Mike Holmgren and I'm going to have my feet kicked up on the golf court and have my drink with an umbrella in it. I'll start calling you coach if you start wearing Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> the These there rounds are not for sale <laughs> it is not 
business as usual. When we turn this thing around, don't you come to me for playoff tickets. Don't you do that. Okay, Daryl, sorry. Your playoff tickets are in the mail. He is Daryl hey, Ryder. Under yes. Mike Holmgren, didn't they ever have to call him for playoff tickets. But, hey, uh-huh. you got $40 million to do absolutely nothing but ride uh-huh. a Harley. They looked at me and they said, should I be the coach? And I'm like, uh, they looked at me and they thought I was crazy for saying that. How, Mike, you should have been the coach. You oh, should have just God. taken we, the coach. We could do job. a whole podcast just on the Mike Holmgren years. It's coming. to a, <laughs> It's always game day in Cleveland near you over the next couple of weeks. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're listening to, you know you can always subscribe and just like us. You see the stars on the bottom of the thing? Boom, 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 boom. Five, it's nice, easy, and uh, and just a good thing to do. You'll feel good about yourself. We will too. Um, at Game Day CLE, that's how you can get a part of the show, be a part of the show uh, on Twitter or on Instagram. We love having you on board. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. <laughs>